Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam, and today I have the honor of being joined by Rebecca Bender, the one and only. Rebecca is CEO of Elevate, an organization designed to lead leaders to fight trafficking, impact culture, and change lives. Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. We are so excited to have you on uh, the Elijah Rising podcast, and today we're going to talk about the equality model. Let's do it. Yeah, and why we should advocate for it. Um, But before we get there, I think it's important. You're kind of a legend already in our work, and you're kind of already known, uh, but I do, for our audience, kind of want to introduce you a little bit more and give you some space to talk about what you do, Um, because truth is, you're an expert in the field, and um, you have advanced the work of ending trafficking in so many incredible ways. Your influence, Mm. your work um, impacts Elijah Rising's work. We follow you. We listen to you, uh, among many others or other organizations, I think, could say the very same thing. um, and I am I am literally in a room full of awards that you've won for your work. And I know you probably didn't want me to say that, but I did anyways, <laughs> because you're important and we appreciate you. Um, so I, I wonder, could you share some of those ways that you have, uh, you've trained, educated, empowered? How are you leading leaders to do those things? Yes. Well, I remember hearing about Elijah Rising before I even got involved in this work. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, I was living in my small town in Oregon. And yeah. I remember someone, me saying, I think I want to get involved you know, in, in telling my story and I didn't really know where I would begin. And I remember someone distinctly saying, have you signed up for Elijah Rising's email list? No kidding. Did you guys used to have like this giant, robust email list that went out all the time? We still do. ElijahRising.org. Yeah. I mean, mean, not not used to, but I mean, that was like a big part of what you guys did in years ago over probably over a decade ago. Yeah, that's right. We will celebrate 10 years uh, in 2022. There you go. So almost 10 years. Yeah, I remember I was like, oh, and so I signed up and got all your guidance. Yeah, so ditto. We're sharing sharing each other's tips. Yeah, excellent. (laughs) So what are some of those ways? What what are y'all doing? How are you educating? How are you empowering? Um, You don't live in Oregon anymore. So what are you doing in this neck of the woods? Yeah, you know, our nonprofit really is geared to bring community awareness through a variety of multimedia efforts and resources and e-courses and toolkits and just all the things. And then we do professional trainings where we're equipping frontline responders, you know, law enforcement, medical professionals. And then our third pillar is really our school, Elevate Academy. And it's an online school for survivors to get job ready after they escape. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Yeah. And so you're also pretty active on social media. And so I listen to you on Clubhouse. And you have an incredible website. Thanks. So uh, do you do all that by yourself? No. Tell us about that. No one can do this work alone. We're all, we all, we all matter. Everybody needs to get involved. Um, Yeah. I've got a great team. We love our team. Um, So many people, Abby, Jenna, Shannon, Mel. I mean, so many, there's been throughout the years, volunteers, everyone that just, um, you know, we all, do what we love to fight what we hate, which is a quote from Jeremy Valoran from Rescue Freedom. Make sure I don't. There you go. He's really good. Got to give credit. credit. Jeremy Valoran says, (laughs) I love it. Do what you love to fight what you hate. And that's the truth though. If you kind of find something you're good at and then you plug it in, in, in a way to, to make a change in the world, yeah. then I think it matters. And we so all... what led you, help me think through that moment. So you were thinking about kind of telling your story. So you heard about Elijah rising, but 
you didn't have a nonprofit in those days. So what, like, how did that happen? Like, where did, where did this nonprofit come from? What was the impetus to like, okay, I'm going to like fill out the paperwork. What, what was that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the things over the last, um, gosh, 13 years that I've been sharing about my experience of being trafficked myself is I've tried to find my lane and Mm. I just didn't know what that looked like. Mm. And I tried out everything from taking in foster teenage foster daughter to working in policy, to writing curriculum. I mean, street outreach. I just tried it all. And I found some things that made my heart sing and that I was really good at. And I find found some things I greatly failed at. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. sucked and they asked me not to come back, yeah, right? And it, so <laughs> one thing that we've done now is we've taken some of those experiences and we've created a Find Your Lane toolkit and e-course and quiz. And yeah. so lots of ways for people to find their lane. Um, but more than anything, what I what I hoped people would get out of the Find Your Lane series yeah. is to not give up. Yeah. And just because you didn't maybe excel in street outreach doesn't so mean you aren't called to this fight. So good. Try your try it in another lane. Yeah. Try something else, you know. Yeah, Get yeah. involved in media and in tech and light, right? Like we everyone needs help in all the areas. Nonprofits yeah. are like everyone else. We need help with accounting, we need help with bookkeeping. Yeah. Everything. That's so true. And that's, that's such a good point, especially for our listeners and our viewers. Like there really is a place for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, and everybody has some skill. Everybody does some yeah. thing. And so that we really do need all of those things to right. do this work and to do it well. Yeah. Your passion, your skill set, your profession, plug them into a local nonprofit and, yeah. and help them out. Because otherwise we have to raise donations to try to get those things you know, Matt, I mean, it's, it's not easy to keep a company open in general, let alone in in this time. So yeah, get involved. Yeah. It's awesome. So tell us more about Elevate Academy. Give us more details about that. Like, what is it? Um, you kind of, you know, gave us a little bit into insight into what you're doing, but kind of tell us the practicals, like how does it work? And, um, yeah. Why is it important? Maybe why yeah. is it, why is elevating Academy important? Six years ago, I was finishing getting my degree online. I lived in a community where there wasn't a university that yeah. offered a degree that I wanted to pursue. And I can remember having this moment where I thought if I can get a master's online, I could mm. mentor online and mm. I'm not the only survivor who lived in a community where services don't exist. Mm. That's what ran through my brain. Usually I'm like, that's got to be Holy Spirit because I'm just not that clever. <laughs> and so I just looked at what my university was doing. Uh, you know, you can look at the URL and see the technology. Yeah. And so I wrote a curriculum and um, duplicated that effort. And yeah. and I launched it on Facebook. I just said, hey, I'm going to launch this school for survivors to f- to get job ready after you escape. And and really find your now what. That's what I found mm. from my own life is like I had ran, but then I was right back to the same vulnerabilities that got me trafficked in the first place wow. on top of complex compound trauma, huge gap in job history, criminal record. It's like, this sucks too. This is freedom. Yeah, like it, right, right. It didn't feel empowering even right. after I was able to run. Yeah. And yeah. I thought this can't be it. Mm. And I just remember literally sitting at my kitchen table and thinking, now what? Mm. Now what? I'm going to walk to my minimum wage job with my daughter in tow. Like this doesn't feel freeing. It still feels really trapped by the same vulnerabilities and and now more. Mm. And so that's what I wanted the school to focus on was just like career exploration. What am I good at? Am I good at photography or do I like spreadsheets? I don't even know. And so instead of it being daunting, we wanted to create a community where it could actually be kind of fun to figure out what you're gifted at and how to get there. 
And it's not just becoming a dream, but you can actually create some steps on how you're going to achieve that. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, we started with five, six years ago, we had five women sign up for my first online book club. Wow. And now we have almost 900 people who have gone through Elevate spanning 425 U.S. cities in 11 countries now. Wow. I know. That is amazing. And now we offer 11 classes. So you have, we have our core four classes, kind of like any school. You got your, sure. your core four. We have prere- prerequisites you have to meet and then your core four. And we have some electives and you graduate in the semester and yeah. get, you know, can sign up for job shadowing and do all sorts of stuff. But other nonprofits can either purchase a licensing to have the, the survivors attend all of those online 11 classes with us, mm. or they can buy our books and curriculum and hold their own group with their own mentors. So right. yeah, a variety of ways for other groups to plug in. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of an overlap between us there in the Elijah Rising Restoration program. That's exactly what we do. We use your book and yep. they, they have a group. And so we are one of those organizations that's benefiting from that dream. You know, that, that really comes out of your own experience. Yeah. You said, what is, I need more for me. And then you kind of just saw the rest of the world around you. It's like, well, others must need this as well. Yeah. And well, so- I saw our field too, like maturing with survivor inclusion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I would see survivors that are so much more than just their story. Exactly. They wanted to get involved in policy writing or advocating or peer support. Or spreadsheets. And no, yeah, or bookkeeping <laughs> and a nonprofit. Right. And they just didn't know, like no one was mentoring them on that. Everyone was so concerned about the immediate escape yeah. and the immediate care for trauma, which is super valuable. Right. But there didn't seem to be this, but then, but now what? Yeah. You know, what do you do a year after you've graduated from a safe home and you're dating for the first time Mm. and all these things are starting to come up because the last time you were tricked or manipulated or, right. And who do you talk to then? Because those discussions don't generally come up in group and and nor should they, they're not in a time when that's usually a giant discussion. Right. So it's just kind of become a a really cool place for people to be able to talk about issues that come up much later on in in life in general, after you're able to escape trafficking and still also provide the the courses to get you job ready. It's so critically important, you know, because we do like it's I've been doing this work for about 10 years and like watching, I think the phrase you use was like the maturing of our of the work. Like you do see more and more organizations jumping into the fight, which it's like, thank God, yeah. right? You know, it's so necessary, but it really is. There's like a lot of emphasis on, well, they're trapped and we need to help them be not trapped. Mm-hmm. But really, like if we don't think through the way we kind of talk about it, it's like a journey, like a lifetime journey. Yeah. Like after the exit, exit is critically important. Praise God. Yeah. But like then, that now we have a responsibility to journey together for maybe 80 more years, yeah, it's 40, a long time, 60 right? more years. Right. And like, um, and I'm sure there's so many things that come up in, you know, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever. And so you're saying elevate Academy kind of gets into that space and provides some of those, um, curriculum classes, but I would assume like a bit of sense of community too. Yeah. For people who are going through it together. Yeah, I mean, and Elevate's changed. Just just like any mm. nonprofit, you should be evaluating your program, Absolutely. taking feedback from attendees, yeah. course correcting along the way. And so Elevate's had its own maturation process for yeah. sure. In the beginning, we were like, just take any of these six classes wherever you're at and then show up for group on Monday and yeah. we'll talk about it. And we thought everyone would just talk about the lesson and that didn't happen. And so um, we wanted to be able to create a community where not only you get to know each other, but the 
the topics and discussion can really stay on point for the goal and not, yeah. you know, start to, to drift into other things. Although everything's important. Um, and we have a Facebook group, a closed private Facebook group sure. then where, where anyone who's in the class can yeah. put things in and stay connected. Yeah. And we're migrating it over in the beginning. It was just under my page. So I had to personally friend request every single, nice. <laughs> which is fine for me, but some people didn't want to have that amount of exposure. Sure. So right now we're migrating the Facebook group over to the company's page, right? There's so many things yeah. you just, you start stuff and you don't realize, at least as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you got, you yeah. understand everyone is listening to understand. You have an idea you have to pivot. and you like throw it out there and you don't know if it's going to, and yeah. then it's like, Oh, that one worked. Oh crap. We got to make some changes yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> a year later. Oh, we're mission like, drifting. Pull it's it It's like, Oh, we're successful. Now what? Yeah. 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 yeah it's not so easy. how's the demand for uh, the Elevate Academy? Like, are you seeing more and more, whether it's organizations or just individual overcomers that are reaching out to say like, Hey, we need this. Is that increasing or what do you think? Yeah. Our licensing program, people wanting to put those 11 classes in their transitional housing program is increasing. And we love that. And we want help get them, yeah, it's awesome. um, get, get these 11 classes to every survivor that we, that yeah. we possibly can. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're excited. Um, really our, our professional trainings and our community awareness is really starting to, to grow. You know, we, as, as a, as someone who wants to feels a need to lead leaders. I yeah. don't know if that's the word, a need. I just, I like What's leading your drive? leaders. It's, it's your drive. Yeah. And you yeah. can see solutions. My brain is just like, macro level problem mm. five years from now, how do we fix it today? Yeah. And so when I get to come up with toolkits or ideas or resources for cities on how to do that, um, it's so fun for me to be able to collaborate and brainstorm in new towns. And yeah. you know, one of the things, for example, um, long-term effects of COVID are pushed out trials, mm. right? Like all of our court systems are backed up because of yeah, COVID. Right, we had a year right. of a lot of states not being able to go to court. Yeah, I couldn't go. Trials are pushed years out. Where yeah. where are where are the survivors, where are the victims going to be three years after an escape ready for trial? And what right. are we doing as right. advocacy groups to support victims during that long-term yeah. wait? And how are we working collaboratively with other resources in the community to know where survivors are when, when yeah. it is time for them to if they want, they yeah. choose justice to be able to step in, but yeah. it's a lot longer process than it used to be because of COVID. It takes so much strategic thinking, Rebecca, yeah. to like because that's the I thing. Love like, it. The longer we do this work, it's like I feel like there's more and more problems that present themselves that needs that need solutions that need to be solved. Um, and I think you know, as this as the issue of trafficking becomes kind of more. I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but it is more of a well-known, mm -hmm. you know, it's happening, it's right? It's trending. It's trending. I guess that's the right way to put it. So I wonder if you could speak to, um, I wanted the wah, wah sound in the back, wah, but it's also a good wah. thing. Like you're right. But it's it this is. pro and con. It's double like, edged. Yes, we want you to get involved, but do it well. <laughs> so talk, that's where I want to go. Talk right there. So what, what, what do you mean by do it well? Like, so I kind of, what are some of the common mistakes you see? In, um, and you know, I don't want to be, insulting in any way, but like people, good, well-meaning people mm -hmm. find out that trafficking is a problem and they jump in uh -huh. and maybe they aren't all that informed about mm -hmm. all the different nuances and the strategic thinking that we were talking about that kind of goes into all the different pieces. So what are some of the kind of ways that you've seen that response go awry? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, one of the things that I remember 
getting really upset a few years ago, seeing mm. some new nonprofits come in that just were really unintentionally, but mm. really hurting people. Yeah. And I was talking to a mentor of mine and he's on my board and I was just lamenting in frustration. <laughs> and he said, um, Rebecca, you can't expect everyone to become an expert overnight and you're going to have to be patient and gracious with that's people's good. process to become experts. It, it t- how long did it take you to become no, an expert? That's exactly right. I, I feel like I'm still learning to become totally. an expert and been doing it for a decade. It's right. like every day I'm learning. Right. Yeah. And yeah. are we giving people a decade to figure it out? Are we, are we trying to come alongside? Now, now don't get me wrong. Don't get, don't, don't get me wrong. When you do come in and you're like, Hey, so there's this thing called best practice. Arr, I right. know. <laughs> and they're like, we don't care. God said, you're like, well, yeah. because God said the trauma informed care kind of matters, you know, like, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, then for me, that becomes like a whole nother la- layer yeah. of, just, um, intentional blindness or I don't know. So, I mean, I think there's just this whole, it's, it's complex Sure. and we want people to be involved. We want you to do it well. We want you to learn some, we want to give grace during your growth process. Mm. Um, we want you to be open and teachable to take feedback and go, Oh, thanks so much for telling me that I need to pivot here. Yeah. Um, because people will tell you if you surround yourself with advisors, people will help advise you, That's but true. you yeah. actually have to seek out an advisory group to do that. It's that's your responsibility. Yeah. And I think in a field where these are people's lives, this isn't for our, you know, our ministry, our paycheck, our Instagram our fame. Our, yeah. Like yeah. these are like these, this is my life. This is my baby's life. When I'm running with nothing, like, please take it seriously. Like, yeah. this isn't like, oh, I'm going to try it out on a human. Oh, new pro- new pilot idea. Let's try it out on humans. Like, yeah. Yeah. nowhere does that exist in other fields. Yeah. And so it's, I think that's why it's heartbreaking. It's like people forget the gravity mm. um, that these are, these are humans that it's, you know, you don't get to create a social science experiment on humans without any kind of parameters. So I think we just need to be thoughtful. Like, you know what, let's put some, let's put an advisory team around us before we just jump in, put in time resources, and then possibly hurt people with those time and resources. Like let's go tour other places that do similar work. Let's invest, you know, some investment money into visiting travel for three locations. Let's put a survive. Let's put an advisory group around us. Let's, read a couple books. Let's go to a conference. Like there's so many things you could do before yeah. you just start the ministry that I think we need to just do our due diligence yeah. and be wise and use wisdom. And there's also a great podcast out there called the Elijah, Elijah Rising, Rising podcast. podcast. <laughs> Sorry. That was a shameless plug. But in sh- um, you're, are you doing a podcast? I know you were doing a podcast. Are you guys still doing a podcast? Or is yes and no. A, yeah. I came out with a podcast. My book came out last yeah, year yeah, called yeah. Pursue. And we first called it Hood and Holy. But then, and then, you know, that can be. And then we changed the word, name to Pursue because my book is In Pursuit of Love. Right. Shameless plug. Yeah, do and it. And then do it. grab one from the shelf. I'll show you. <laughs> oh, look, I have one right here. I'm kidding. I don't really. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, we had a we had a great season. Incredible yeah. guests that came on. I haven't done season two. Okay, all right. You know it's hard no running a company. It takes a lot. It's a lot, and yeah. um, we've taken over Rebecca's entire office just to do this one episode. Yeah, so. I love it. I mean, I wish I could do that full time. It's really fun. It is fun. I love yeah. telling story. I love I love sharing truth. Yeah. But um, yeah, we probably have another one coming out. Okay. I've been working on a podcast called Trafficking Truths that we okay. have not released yet. Oh. 
I'm ex- that's dun, exciting. Dun, dun, that's exciting. Dun, dun. That's okay. my Law and Order sound. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a good singer. We'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I have one that we've been working. We've actually recorded all of the. Oh, it's done. Episodes. I just haven't. It's got to release. Edited or yeah. released them yet. So soon enough. So fun. So we're going to take a break in the podcast. And when we come back, we're going to pay off on the promise. We're going to talk about the equality model. We're going to talk about legalization. We're going to talk about decriminalization. We're going to talk about the equality model. We're going to have that whole conversation on the other side of the break. We'll see you in a minute. Take a second and think about how many subscription services you have. Netflix, Hulu, Spotify. If you're like me, you have more than you actually use. That money just disappears out of your bank account, or maybe you don't even use the product anymore. So why not donate that same amount of money to Elijah Rising and know that every dollar you spend directly serves those who are overcoming sex trafficking. We invite you to join The Rise. The Rise is a dedicated community of recurring donors who give strategically to fund the work of ending sex trafficking. Join our community of more than 200 members who have decided to rise up. $10 a month can provide services for women seeking to exit exploitation. $40 a month can provide job training and employment for an overcomer of trafficking. Donate online via credit card, debit, ACH, or Apple and Google Pay at ElijahRising.org rise. Hey, welcome back. Rebecca, there is a conversation taking place, um, I think, around the issue of trafficking these days. I think it, you know, in, in some levels of um, power and influence, there are conversations ha- being had around, you know, how do we solve the sex trafficking problem? Mm-hmm. And there are some that are proposing a full legalization of prostitution and of sex work. Um, and, and I think the argument goes like, well, then that would allow for greater regulation um, and like taxation, right? So what do you think about that? I, I mean, is <laughs> is full legalization of sex work, is that the way forward to continue doing this work? Well, <laughs> I was going to drop the, I was going to drop a joke, but. Uh, you thought better of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to be taken out of context during editing. Just yeah. kidding. No, never. Um, not here, other other places. Um, actually, you know what I think is really f- interesting about this topic as a whole is like, I think there's this whole spectrum that is really gray. Okay. That I don't think people yeah. really know all the, understand maybe all the nuances of like that, yeah, on a scale of one to 10, yeah. everyone is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so I'd love to maybe just unpack what those spectrums look like. Let's go for it. So on one end, it's been completely criminalized in the United States yeah. for a century of time, right? right like, right, right. go get the hookers. Right. I hate that word, by the way, but I'm just trying to be, you know, funny. It's yes. not funny. Yeah. It's not a funny topic. But people literally... People do that. They've said that, and oh, we've heard Lord. it, right? Like, yes. it's crazy town. Yes. Yes. So there's this whole spectrum of, like, fully criminalized, they're the bad guys, yeah, get them. Yeah. And we've seen practices that are not great um, mm-hmm. over time evolve where people that are there because of choice or circumstance are the ones that are targeted and receiving the criminal That's repercussions right. of that. Yeah, yeah. On the full other side, there's like full legalization, like yeah. doesn't matter, legalize it, tax it, just like marijuana, it'll be fine. Right, right. We do know that you can't like legalize rape. We don't want to legalize sexual harassment. We don't want to legalize violence against women. Exactly. So I, I think there's some concerns when you're just launching this giant social 
science experiment on a nation, Mm -hmm. especially when there's been other countries that have legalized and have shown increased of violence against women, increased of trafficking. Yeah, there's data. There's so much data. Yeah. So I think there's these two very ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and and I totally know that we want to support any marginalized people group that are that are feel that they're trapped in this spectrum or feel that they're there by choice. Right. Um, we want to support people who want to get out because it's not an easy industry to get out of. It's fast, quick money. You don't. It doesn't really matter about your criminal record or your job experience, yeah. right? And so you you get money that same day. I'm like two weeks waiting on a paycheck, mm. right? So like, there's reasons why people are drawn. Taxes. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay taxes. Well, right. should... All the things. Debatable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. The other thing though that I think people don't realize is there doesn't have to be either of these giant spectrums as an option. There is a middle ground. There's a third option. It's right in the middle and it's called equality model. And it's where you have decriminalized the selling of sex, meaning the person that's there as a sex worker by choice, quote unquote, not criminalized. Human trafficking stays criminal. Mm -hmm. The selling stays decriminalized. But what stays, again, illegal and criminalized would be the buying. Purchasing pimping, pandering, procuring, or brothel owning. Because we know that those players are actually the ones that are profiting and oftentimes exploiting using really harsh conditions um, to keep people under their control or debt bondage or a variety of reasons. And so I think it's it's a really scary place to be when we're not fully aware of like all the complexities of what gets people into systemic prostitution. Yeah. Like what are the reasons people get involved? How can we support people coming out of foster care? How can we support marginalized community groups? And how can we also stay on the spectrum where like, I want you to live your best life. I'm not here to be the morality police. We all have a different idea on what morals are. I want you to go do you boo, dress up, do your like, but not at the expense of someone else's well being. Right. And so how do we, if you're like, I'm safe, I'm fine. I want to go do this, but is a law making it safe for everyone? Or is the, are you pushing for a law that would only assist the 1%? Yeah. And so I just think there's just a lot of layers that I want you to, I want you to, you know, do you live your best life? I want us to respect other people. I want us to support marginalized populations. I want to create other venues for, you know, gainful employment than something that puts you at great risk of being hurt, severely hurt, murdered, murdered, murdered rates of um, HIV and STDs are high rates of assault, of torture, of Mm. beatings, of strangulation. I mean, this is actually a really violent industry. And I think sometimes we can minimize it in like the spirit of everything being like sexy and fun. And we forget that there's actually times when it's not so sexy and fun. It's very, it's a ton of suffering. You're, you're literally living in a prolonged state of fear where every time you knock on a door, you're playing Russian roulette. And that I I I can tell you that that it's the scariest feeling every time when you're like, will I make it out of this one? Mm-hmm. And that's not a place where that actually is like fulfilling of your mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I just I think there's way more nuances and complexities with this topic yeah. where it's not just like keep it as it is or legalize. I think there's this whole other conversations that we should be having in the middle around systemic prostitution and vulnerable people groups and the dangers of violence against women in an industry that's really geared for 
you know, people that are profiting yeah. and buying, but not really the quote unquote product isn't right. really benefiting at all. It's actually putting them highly at risk yeah. for physical, mental, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Well, absolutely. And it's kind of like if you, if you think about the spectrum, which you've so brilliantly kind of painted for us, like at both ends of that spectrum, like, you know, everybody's going to jail and nobody's going to jail, right? Neither one of the ends of that spectrum create any more safety, create any more good, right? I yep. mean, it's like, it, it, in, in fact, it like still makes it just as dangerous, right? just as difficult, yeah. right? Either spectrum or bad. <laughs> yeah, like both ends of I the mean, pendulum. extremes with anything That's is a great bad, point. right? So right. like, this isn't any different. Right, We right. wouldn't think this of other issues where it's like, eat candy all day. Or, or never like, eat candy ever again in your entire life. Never eat candy in your entire life. Like, no, yeah. there's, there's, we got to think through this a little bit yeah. more and have these conversations and listen, subscribe to the podcast, <laughs> rate, share, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> leave a review. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the deal. It's like, it seems like that some of the arguments that are made fail to take into account the nuance that you're talking about. And I, and I do think they fail to take into account the fact that like trying to figure out a way to say this. Well, um, like the people that I have encountered in the life, um, like they're not saying, yeah, we just need to legalize it all. Mm -mm. Like they're experiencing that harm. They're experiencing that danger on a day to day, but there are people like, it's that 1% that's being very loud about like, no, we just need to legalize it all because look, I want to do this and this is my choice and all those things. It's like, great. Like I want to be empowering to that. But like, I think you're forgetting about the people that I actually see on a day-to-day basis. The people that our teams are out in the streets with on a weekly basis. Yeah, Teenagers that are getting picked up. Kids that are getting kicked out of their homes. Yeah. Kids that have been desensitized to abuse their whole life and think this is just be the easiest way to eat tonight. Yeah. And like, we have to think about them first and foremost, like anything that we do, any policy, any law, any advocacy that we do, like we have to keep those individual faces and stories in mind and in heart. And that's going to take a lot of nuance because every single individual story is different because every person is different. Well, and when you think about it, like when you see people that are coming forward in the news or the media that want to, you know, push for full legalization, it's, this is what I want to do. I'm like, I guarantee a traffic victim isn't being, her, her trafficker isn't letting her out to come to CNN today. So like, you know, like there's, it feels like, well, how are you finding the ones that, that do have the full on choice and autonomy and agency to come onto the media today? Yeah, where are they at? Well, and if, is that the small percent that have an option of never been desensitized during childhood trauma, who've never experienced any, you know, systemic issues that have led to what feels like the choice of prostitute. Like, are we even diving into, well, how did you get here? You know, does that even exist? That's my question. Like, does that even exist? Is that that a reality? I mean, a lot of people would say, I think there are people that would fight for the legalization that says, yes, that exists. But what I I love, there's um, some research coming out from the Avery center, small shameless plug for Avery center. Yeah. We've been Uh, reading this research. Yeah. They're great, but they they have a a research project coming out where they've been um, asking survivors of human trafficking to... to explain what they would have called themselves while they were being trafficked. And all of them said an empowered sex worker. So if your narrative is, I I was brainwashed and conditioned prior even to the time in the game, but even potentially through childhood, to believe that this is my choice, and then that's being presented to the public, 
But then five years later, after they're able to escape and have, have had some distance from a right. life of exploitation right. and have processed trauma, right. what then would the narrative be? Yeah. That's what I think we need to be thoughtful of. So kind critically of going. important. So no, 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 that is the conversation that is so critically important because sometimes it takes five years of removal to go like, Oh, I think I'm suffering from complex PTSD. Yeah. You know what? I think I was desensitized due to trauma in the home or abuse in the home when I was five. Right. Yeah. And I just normalized this as acceptable and yeah, Yeah. it takes time. It takes time to process. Even even sometimes it's like, maybe he wasn't my boyfriend. Like maybe he was trafficking, like even the word trafficking sometimes, you know, like we don't even know what that word. Oh, means. I didn't even identify as a traffic victim for like two years. I kept saying I was forced into prostitution by my boyfriend, yeah. but trafficking is for kidnapped children overseas. Yeah. Even as a survivor, like yeah. I literally just didn't even, I didn't know about the issue. I didn't have language for what I've been through. It's not like right. your trafficker sending you through social justice school. Exactly. Like you have exactly. no <laughs> yeah. clue. You've been removed and isolated yeah. from sources of information. That's part of their That's plan. The, yeah, the deal. So you yeah. don't have an insight yeah. into what you've been through. Yeah. But the other thing I think that people don't understand are the five. Yes. That's where I wanted to go next. I want you. <laughs> so one of the first times I remember learning from you and your work was you held up your hand and you did the five. So I proceed. Okay. Well, I, I would be remiss to not say that this was actually done in a meeting by a good friend of mine, Brad Miles. We okay. were in a meeting. We credit were all talking about, oh, yeah, I got to, I'm not that I, I have to, we were um, in a meeting trying to identify this, this language um, mm-hmm. with world. We world, world without exploitation has yeah, been the forerunner for up. equality model, really the forerunner. They're the go-to. Yeah. Um, and so we were in this, this huddle, this round table discussion around like we were wanting to call it partial decrim, but it was so close to the word full decrim mm. that the voter, the general public didn't differentiate full, partial. We don't know. We heard the word decrim, check red on the box and yeah, vote good. the ballot, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we were trying to think of a term that would be vastly different. Yeah. And um, and Brad did the hand model and I was like, boom, that's it. That's, that's how you thing. that's yeah. how you explain it. And so there's five components under the law. Would you like to sing these for our audience? You want me to sing this? Uh, she told me that she sings this. I mean, it's <laughs> up to you. You're the guest. <laughs> I feel so stupid. I'm not a singer. You, you put it out <laughs> there, man. Okay. You know Let me explain it first. Okay. And then I'm going to sing it so you remember it. This is the only reason I made... Okay, I'm a mom, clearly. And so I like make up songs to help my kids remember things. Hey, it's how you learn. It's how you do memory for it testing. If, I, if we're like going to the store and I need to grab three things, I'm like, tomatoes, bananas, broccoli. And then you don't tomatoes, forget. Tomatoes, bananas. Yeah, why use a pen and paper? When you can just <laughs> sing things. Yes, yes. Maybe it's like helping with my memory muscles or something, right? I know yeah. I'm a good... I remember things well. Yeah. Well, you don't ask my husband, he'd say no, but, um, <laughs> or my team, but, um, okay. So I'll say it and then I'm going to sing your song, but okay. you will never forget it. They'll never this. forget it. Okay. Five components in the law around prostitution Yes. or yeah. Human trafficking, okay. selling, buying, pimping, pandering, procuring is one, and then brothel owning. Yeah. So these are the five components of this law. And so human trafficking would stay illegal, stay criminal. Right. The selling would be decriminalized. But then the other three, buying, pimping, pandering, procuring, and brothel owning would still remain criminal, like decriminalized. Right. So it's called a partial decrim model because right. you're only decriminalizing one the, of the selling. Five. You're only, right. one you're of the only five. decriminalizing the selling. You are leaving criminal. Right. You're holding, keeping accountable right. the buyers, 
the, who beat you, who rape you, who lock you in rooms, the brothel owners who put rape buttons on the walls and monitor you on video so you, they hear if you're trying to take more of their money, yeah. and the pimps, panderers, and procurers, they're yeah. going to be held accountable. Yeah. And I feel like anyone who is in favor of ending violence against women, in their minds, I couldn't fathom that people would want to decriminalize the buyer's yeah. brothel owners, pimps, panders, procurers. But I think because of this vast narrative, people are like, well, just legalize it. It's fine. That's what I'm hearing is good for margin for everyone. Right. And you're like, I think you're forgetting though, the actual nefarious players in that. There's other people that are doing that. It's like, not just the seller, the, the pro work, pro sex worker. Legalization doesn't De- mean that all the pimps disappear. Them. Right. Right. Or like all the brothels are going to like suddenly shutter the doors because prostitution is legal now. Totally. Yeah. 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 Okay, so do you want to remember those five things? People are being, I'm not going to remember those five. How can I remember those, Rebecca? Buying, selling, pimping, pandering, brothel, owning, cha-cha-cha. Now you know it. It's the cha-cha-cha for me. Yeah, there you go. It's (laughs) like when when you're a jet, you're a jet. I kept like... And then you start like you bend down yeah. and you dance. Yeah. Buying, selling, pimping, pandering. No? Right. No, I, I love Owning. it. Cha, cha, cha. Cha, cha, cha. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to know. You're going to be singing that home while you guys drive. Uh, I, we Don't should, worry. It won't be a mashup. We'll make it. We'll make an album. We'll make an album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, oh, I, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> this is the way my memory works, okay? I make everything into a song. It's a thing. We're going to turn it into a gift. Um People so, are going to hate me. I'm going to get hate mail. I already know it. Is there a, is this the equality model that you're talking about? Yes. How do you know it's going to work? Is it working anywhere? Have, has anybody tried this? Is anybody doing this? I wish you would have brought Lauren Hirsch from Equality Model on. Yeah. She would cite this stats really well. Um, yes, it has been done in lots of other countries. Israel, um, I believe... The Nordic countries. Nordic right? model. Help me out here. No, yeah. there's a few. I think there yeah. are nine that the de- that partial decrim Nordic model, yeah. abolitionist model. It there's, goes by many names. There's been many names. Yeah. So um, the problem is if we if we were able to market with one unified message in the U.S., then yeah. I think we could have a little bit more momentum. But everyone still calls it something different. That's true. And yeah. so it's like, well, if you're on the West Coast, it's this. If you're on the East Coast, it's this. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Either way, it's partial decrim. It's decriminalizing the, the person involved in sex work. It is still holding accountable All the, the nefarious players. Um, vote equality model. Yeah. Make sure you're passing. Don't just be reactive, though. Be proactive. Get involved in policy. Maine just passed equality model legislation. Yep. Yep. Huge victory. What is your state doing? Where does your state stand on this issue? You know, find out. There's bills. Yep. Legislative session just ended in most states. Yeah, for Texas, we've, got another, we've just ended, so we've got another two years. Yep, you got but, another two years. You yeah. Get to know who the lobbyists, who the groups are in your community that are writing policies, that are yeah. making difference, and find out if there's a way to to implement an equality model and, and get it out there to be proactive. And, and yeah. let's play offense more than we're just playing defense. No, that's great. I think you're so right about that. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit here at the end. Um, so Shifting you- gears, Lego masters. <laughs> I love Lego Master. Season two is out right now. I know. We yeah. just watched it last it's night so as a family. It's a um, thing. So you you are well connected. You you have this community, Elevate Academy. Um, I wonder, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not debatable. Uh, so I wonder, what are you hearing from the overcomers that you have a relationship with? Like, what are they wanting to see happen? Like, what are they, like, let's just say even in, like, when it comes to the the legality of all this, the quality model, like, what are you hearing from them 
what is their outcry other than just like we we want to exit and we want to have you know new lives we know that that's all the work that we're doing mm-hmm. is there anything else um and maybe even at you know the equality model i don't know if y'all talk about that in the elevate academy if that's even something that's you know i mean it's it's brought up in varying survivor support groups and yeah. and i definitely see the majority of people that uh, want a, an equality model passed yeah. there's still people that you know would advocate for for pro sex work and yeah. and um and again, I think it's a lot more nuanced and layered than, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not downing, putting down anyone who feels like they really sure. want to be there by choice. I know that situations come up. We don't want people to go hungry. We want people to be able to pay their bills. Yeah, man. Resources are hard to find. Survival is real. Yeah. Like I'm totally, you know, want people to be supported. Yeah. That's the end of the day, my goal and yeah. whatever's the healthiest way for you. Yeah, yeah. And if there's other ways that we find, cause you really don't want to be there, then let's, we want to come around alongside and help you do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things beyond the equality model that I hear survivors really um, shouting from the back yeah. is to have nonprofits treat them fairly, mm. to not be re-exploited, to not be tokenized, to not have this issue sensationalized. Yeah. Um, we're sharing sometimes language and verbiage and, and images that just don't aren't yeah. even realistic of the issue. Right. And then right. survivors go unseen. Yeah. You know, sensationalism leads to misidentification. Mm. That's why it matters. It matters what you're how you're talking about the issue. It matters the language you're using. It matters what brochure That's photo right. you're using on that brochure, because it's it's gonna give the public a general idea of what to look for. Yeah. And more than anything, it gives us an idea of what to look for. Like mm. I tell people, I grew up in the same culture as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I too pictured the movie Taken. Yeah. And so when my situation wasn't reflecting that, that's, that's good, Rebecca. I yeah. got in the car willingly. Yeah. I got on the plane willingly. I was looking for a kidnapper. Yeah. And I never found one. And so um, it's not to say that people don't harm you or kidnap you when you get there, but usually that first lure is definitely by somebody that you know and trust. Yeah. And so I just think it's not its not only about misidentifying to the public, it's about helping victims see that they're being exploited. And which, we're missing that. Which that, I mean, if if we're... If you if we're a nonprofit, if you're a nonprofit, like that's got to be goal number one, right? Yeah. Like it has to be those that we serve. So our, our language, our marketing, our images, all that stuff has to... Ref- be correct. Yeah. Got to do a better job. We've got to, we've got to, because people need to know, oh my gosh, I think that's me, mm-hmm. you know, but when we're like mm-hmm. rescuing s- child sex slaves, you're like, mm-hmm. well, that ain't me. And you move back around your day and you don't yeah. realize that the brochure isn't actually meeting. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not actually helping yeah. people to self-identify and reach out for help. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so I want to thank you for your voice and for your work and for your time. And so I do this with all the guests. I want to leave the last few minutes here for you to talk about like you promote whatever you want to promote, hype up whatever you want to hype up. How can people find you? Where can they go? Oh, weird. A book is, is magically happening? floating into the room. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Vanna is hiding in the back today. What is um, that in your hands? Weird. I will just place this randomly on the table for everyone. To <laughs> s- um, my book came out la- January of last year, In yeah. Pursuit of Love. Um, it's my just my full testimony. It is a faith-based um, book. We do have some other projects in the works that are not faith-based. So we did that on purpose, regardless of yeah. you know wherever you stand. You can go re- get the full story either way. Um, I 
the the goal when you turn in a word count for a publisher is they give you a goal, right? Like right. 50 to 60,000 words. I turned in 93,000 words Get it. and they were like, okay, so half your book is, has to be cut. Yeah. And literally half of my story was like, oh. which is fine. Cause I've seen uh, reviews that are like redundant. Oh really? Oh my God. <laughs> Only one of them. And I know who you are, Brenda. I'm just kidding. I really don't know. No clue. No clue who it is. Get but it. I did try to find her on Facebook. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not bitter. It's, let me check my bitter in it, shall we? Um, but I do have another book coming out. This is bad to promote after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I don't care. I have, this is really funny tagline now that I just did that whole thing. I have a book coming out this fall called Exodus. Exodus. It's a Bible study on the book of Exodus, how to break bad habits and go after your promises, how to break that bitter, how to break that critical spirit. And go after the Hey, believe me, I'm just writing the roadmap for us all to follow. That's right. That's right. Live by example. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I, I chose the book of Exodus because I just love the story um, of the children of Israel and and how they were able to leave bondage and really try to go after their promises and what was stopping them and what habits did their culture in Egypt, um, you know, create and cultivate in their lives that took a lot of work to break. Um, and so I think there's so many lessons we can learn from them and I'm, I'm honored to have it coming out. We've got a lot of e-courses on our website. Visit RebeccaBender.org, go to resources, check through, find your lane, trafficking truths, lots of stuff coming out. Um, yeah. Follow yeah. us on social. We usually put all the things out there to sign up for our newsletter Yeah, and, right. um, yeah. yeah, come sponsor survivors, send a survivor to school. We have textbooks and, and a welcome box that we send out to survivors. They're about 50 bucks. Um, that includes the graduation cap and, um, I say cap and gown out of habit cap and tassel, mm-hmm. um, because it's all in zoom. So no gowns, but you know, if you want to sponsor a survivor, uh, it's 50 bucks or welcome box. And, um, and then, yeah, so there's lots of ways to plug in, get involved. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks for letting us invade your office. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. This looks cool. And I, I appreciate so much. Um, really, I know I've already said this a couple of times, but your, your work is, um, is significant oh, and, thank you. uh, and truly informative and impactful. And, uh, you have informed my own journey in this field. Mm, um, thank you. More than, more than you'll know. And, uh, so thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> you're going to make me cry. <laughs> so we appreciate you. No, that means a lot. Yeah. You set out to do the work. I just remember thinking, I just want to tell my story. I don't really know. Yeah. And um, you don't know that it's really going to matter. Yeah. You know, it's going to make a difference. So I just appreciate you saying that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at elijahrising.org slash donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.